action point and I know that the time is going on. But I deliberately designed a short one because I, I thought we wouldn't have a lot of time for our discussion point. And quite frankly, if we had to ditch it, that's okay. Because guess what? I'll be here next week. Right? And, and you'll be here because you'll be wondering what it was I was going to say but didn't. Hey! <laughs> so we can be pretty relaxed. But um, what I do want to do is to talk a little bit about the notion of seed time and harvest. And uh, look, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. A couple of points I want to make. The most important one is this. Seed time is a time of work and so too is harvest. They're both times of work. God set this principle in motion. This is part of the Noahic covenant. After the flood, remember we talked about a fresh start on the very first Sunday of, of the new year. And uh, we used as our text the first, the very first part of that blessing that God bestowed upon, upon Noah, in which he said, never again will I curse the land because of man, or for man's sake, depending on the translation. And I believe that's when God lifted the curse on the land. He was giving humanity a fresh start. But you see, the blessing goes on. And this is part of what it says, while the earth remains. And that essentially means until the second coming of Jesus, when we'll have a new earth and a new heaven, Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. They shall not cease. And I want to focus on this idea of seed time and harvest. Now, there are quite a few books that have been written, which I, I humbly submit to you have misinterpreted this piece of scripture. Because there's a teaching around which is called seed, comma, time and harvest. Now, I don't believe that's what this says. I don't believe there's anywhere in the Bible that says seed, comma, time and harvest. Seed time is one word. Yes. It's the time of planting. Then, of course, there is a process. And uh, in the book of Mark, uh, Jesus used this process as an analogy for the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And my point is a simple one. If you are looking for something in your life, if you are looking for an answer to prayer, if there's an issue that you're looking to God for, for resolution, understand this. There's a process that God put in place called seed time and harvest. There's a time during which you plant seed. You do something. And then there's another time in which you harvest. You do something. The seed could just be 
applying faith in a situation. You know, if you've got an issue and you simply say, Dear God, please give me enough money to pay that bill. I'd be a little bit surprised if you get your miracle. Because when you, when you say prayers like that, you're really just treating God as if he's a poker machine. Money in the slot, pull the handle. Maybe I'll win, maybe I won't. But you see, you need to, to sow. It's a, what I call, you've got to invest. There are two types of people in the world. There are investors and consumers. And uh, all of us have to be consumers at some, some point. Sometimes we've got a crisis in our life. Or we need healing. And we've got to be consumers. We can't invest. But you can't be a 100% consumer 100% of the time. Because if that's all you are, you're never planting seed. You see, because a consumer will eat all the seed. and won't have any left to plant. If you're looking for a financial miracle, may I humbly suggest you sow some of that kind of seed. Do something. Don't just be a wishful thinker. See, a lot of our prayers are nothing more than wishful thinking. I want to have a big church. That's just wishful thinking. If that's all you do, it's say, I want to have a big church. By the way, I'm okay, actually, if we don't have a church of 2,000. I'm not okay if I'm not getting testimonies of how God is growing us and how God is answering our prayers. Because right. <coughs> actually it's about our, our growth as individuals is really important. And in fact, if we do that well, we will grow. Right? So we don't have to necessarily have a growth target. But you see, the point is this. God put in place this process of seed time and harvest. Don't worry about time. There is a period between when you sow and when you harvest. Look, if anybody knows anything about gardening, if you sow radish seeds, right, they will have sprouted within a week yeah. and you'll be harvesting within no more than six weeks. They're very quick. Some other crops, of course, take, take much longer. So time's not really the issue here. The issue is what are you doing to plant seed? But then also what are you doing to harvest. And I think that's why this point that was made at the conference about praise preceding the miracle or preceding the answer, preceding the result, in the sense that it's P-R-E hyphen S-E-E-D, it's related to this idea. You've got to precede it. If, if it's faith you need to plant, guess what? You need to be spending time in the Word of God. I know I've said to you before, you can't rely on me to get your personal revelation of the truth from the Word of God. I can read the Bible as much as I like and it won't do any good for you. It won't make any difference for you. It might mean that what I teach is true to the Word of God. Praise God it is. And praise God I will always do enough work on His Word so that I don't lead you astray. And uh, won't be tied me if I do. But you see, you have to do it. Taking time to find the promises in His Word, that seed time, planting, it's work. It's not just sitting back. You see, if God intended us to simply sit back and wait for the miracles to roll forward, 
He would have said to Adam and Eve, you sit on a log and watch me work. But he didn't. He didn't. He said to Adam in Genesis 2.15, you tend and keep the garden. And then in verse 18, that's when he said it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created woman to partner men. We're equal partners, you see. We're equal partners. If we're, we're married, we need to be sowing and harvesting together. Now I want to, you know, this is probably not new to you. You would have heard these verses a million times. But I bet you haven't heard this before. Guess who's supposed to benefit first from the harvest? The farmer. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 6. The hard-working farmer must be the first to partake of the crops. So listen here. If you sow and if you harvest, this principle works. If you sow and you harvest, guess what? You're the first to partake of the crop. So what does that mean? It means that there might be many others that benefit. If I sow as a husband, if I sow as a father, if I sow in my paid employment, if I sow as pastor of the church, I won't be the only one who benefits, but the biblical principle is because I did the work, I'm the first to partake of the crops. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And see, that is so consistent with the heart of God because He created us to work. No longer by the sweat of our brow because He dealt with that after the flood, but nevertheless, we're created to work. And in fact, we will never be fulfilled if we don't engage as a worker because we're made in the image of God and He works. And that doesn't mean we necessarily have to have paid employment. I've said all this to you before, I know no, Jeanette didn't have paid employment until our girls were married. But she had work. <laughs> Believe me. Sometimes she had a lot of work. <laughs> but you see, she's benefited. She's benefited. But she sowed. And she harvested. So there's got to be action. There's got to be. So, so when, when you, you get to the point where where the, the answer's coming, you keep on praising God. That, that's harvesting. You praise God. I have a friend many, many years ago, he said to me, he said, Rod, praise your way to victory. How good is that? Praise your way to victory. See, when you praise, the devil has got no opportunity to get stuck into you and to rob you of that which God wants to delude you. But you see, you can't just sit back. You can't just do nothing. You've got to sow. And you have to get involved in the harvest. But there's the reward. The hard-working farmer must, not should, not ought, not might, must. Spiritual law, the hard-working farmer must be the first to partake of the 
platforms. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? See, when we work, when we sow the seed, when we engage in the harvest, we are behaving in the image of God because He works. Don't think upholding the universe moment by moment isn't work. Alright? Don't think that breathing life into us every moment of the day isn't work. He works. We work. We praise. We sow finance. And not necessarily into this church. This isn't a bid for you to go and empty your pockets into the box up the back at all. It's, it's really, I guess, an exhortation. Find out how, what and where God wants you to sow. And then be obedient. And then watch for the time of harvest and be ready to work in the harvest. The farmer, when he sees, as soon as he sees that that crop is ready, he takes the sickle to it. And he harvests. And that hard-working farmer 